Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Brian, one of the other things that Jerry had talked about uh, with us was he had mentioned where the Cowboys stand right now. And I think, look, if you would have told people at the beginning of the year, hey, at the bye week, you're four and two, then I think people go, okay, you have three road games in the first six weeks against playoff teams from last year. You've got Belichick on the schedule. You've got Aaron Rodgers and the yeah. Jets defense. There you go. And you go. All right, four and two doesn't sound so bad. And yet you can't find anybody who's really super excited about four and two now after losing to a bad Cardinals team or, or a Cardinals team that you were definitively better than and getting drubbed by the San Francisco 49ers. People are, are not happy with that. Uh, but Jerry Jones told us, he said, I look at where we are four and two. I'll take it. I think most people would. Um, but he says, we have better football ahead of us. I don't doubt that at all. No one should doubt that. We're getting better. So Jerry's an eternal optimist, uh, so his comments aren't totally unsurprising. But there are areas of the team where I think it is reasonable to not only just say, hey, they could get better. I think it's reasonable to expect they're going to get better. Yeah. Uh, and so I just want to kick around some of those with you real quick. The first one to me, Brian, is red zone efficiency. And I know it's been a, a huge plague on it, but you've pointed it out before. Penalties, boneheaded plays. Uh, poor execution, a lot of just silly drops. drops. My goodness, it feels like there have been a few drops. In there. Some of it's been technicalities. CeeDee Lamb's touchdown was 20 yards instead of 19, so that doesn't go to your red zone efficiency. Uh, so so it puts you in a little bit of a, a tough spot from that sense. But I think all those things eventually – it feels like to me, Brian, that in the red zone they've had a statistically significant number of – boneheaded plays break their way. And when that regresses to the mean, I think you're naturally going to see those numbers go up. Yeah. I, I think that in, 
to me, a lot of what's going on up front, the play caller, some design. I feel like, though, really poor execution, missed blocks, guys getting, uh, you know, point of attack, getting compressed, trying to pull guys, not getting into the second level, uh, running back, trying to bounce it, can't get outside, has to kind of cut it back, clogged in the middle. You mentioned the drops in the red zone. Dak Prescott not pulling the ball two different times. He should have three rushing touchdowns right now. I, I well, he's got one, I believe, right right now, right. Uh, yep. And then he should have had two others on on plays that if he pulls the ball, you know, there's there's decision making, there's execution, there's decisions on what plays to run, there's drops, there's I mean, just take your pick of what you know could hamper a red zone attack, and Dallas has lived them all. They, yeah, they, and that'll they're, balance. They're, yeah, there's not one time, you know, and I, and I think when you watch the Cowboys, I think the offensive line, the one thing they're banking on, Bobby, is that this offensive line who has not played together all that much will get better as the season progresses. You know, they've had moments where they've tried, like a great example last week when we talked about the Chargers game. And they're running the ball at the point of attack. And if you have the all-22, the capability to watch, you would see with your own eyes, they're trying to pull guys. They're trying to win at the point of attack. They're not getting the combination blocks. They're not getting guys to the second level. Uh, Pollard is having to try and find space when there's no space. All of a sudden, you get pullers that get compressed. You get tight ends that get compressed. You get a backside tight end that's pulling that doesn't block anybody. Two straight plays when he's pulling. You know, those are the kinds of things you cannot have happen when you're trying to run the ball, and especially when you're trying to run the ball in the red zone. You have you have guys like uh, a Biotish completely whiff on a block. Tyler yep. Smith completely whiff on a block. Zach Martin, you know, he's playing on one leg. Hopefully, a little bit better this week with the bruise he's dealing with on the on the thigh, the quad bruise that he's dealing with. Hopefully, that's better for him after you know get a little bit of rest. Tyron Smith, you know, has not been as great as Tyron Smith's been in the past. But it's when you grade these offensive linemen, 65 plays. If you have three bad plays, you know, you've probably done a pretty damn good job. But if you grade 65 plays and eight of them are bad for each individual guy, there's your problems. There's your problems not only in the field, but when you get down in the red zone. Yeah, and it's important to note that, that one of the best red zone players in the NFL over the last two years was Dalton Schultz. And Schultz left. You've got young tight ends who are still trying to figure out the little nuances of of getting that, that little. The bit. They got to yeah. catch the ball. They've yeah. got they've got to learn the nuances of, of route running when the field gets tighter, the space gets smaller. Yeah. As they continue to play, they're going to pick those things up. So naturally, as that group gets more experience, that's going to improve as well. So I do think the red yeah. zone will get better. Is it going to be top of the league? Probably no. not. No, but. They can be better than 26th, which is where they are. I think that's reasonable yeah, to assume. I think you make a great point about Dalton Schultz. And the, one of the great example is with Dalton Schultz in the playoff game against Tampa. Dak sprints to his left, or he's flushed left. And he's kind of looking, looking, looking. Things get kind of compressed. I'm using the word compressed a lot here tonight. But <laughs> things get squeezed, compressed uh, you know, to the outside. And then what does Dalton Schultz do? Instead of working towards the sideline in the corner of the end zone, he works back to the yep. inside more towards the the goalpost. And what does Dak do? Dak throws him a ball between the corner and the safety right there. You know, yep. that's- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, uh, one of the best They ones knew ever. each other. Yeah, they one knew of the best other. ones ever was Jason Witten with Tony Romo. How many times have we seen Jason Witten body somebody up, get the ball, or find space when everything looks really, really cluttered? And these tight ends could be a huge weapon down there with that with that uh, with that way of attacking it. The next issue, I got three for you. The next one that I think is just naturally going to improve. And by the way, I'll, I'll spoil it now. None of these are on defense. I think they can improve on defense, but I don't think anything just naturally is going to get better on defense. They just have to be better. You got to hope for some were, things to click there. Were you the, surprised that Jerry mentioned about the run? He the first concern for him on your your conversation this morning. The first thing he mentioned was playing run defense. Nope, it doesn't surprise me at all because that's what McCarthy says every week, and so I'm yeah. sure that's what McCarthy's telling him in those meetings. No, no question. Because McCarthy tells it to us every single week. He goes, well, well we know yeah. teams are going to try to yeah, run the ball yeah, on us. There you go. Well, so we'll that, 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 we'll that didn't surprise me. Number two, big plays on offense, and it's because they just have none. Again, it's a statistical unlikelihood that that will continue. I know you got a chance to go back and watch the tape against the Chargers. Yeah. That, to me, was by far the most comfortable Dak Prescott's looked throwing yeah. the ball this year. And that was what, yeah. the route yeah. concepts look different to me. Yeah. It looked like they were doing some different things. And so I think that they're going to take the bye week. They're going to investigate that stuff. They're going to see on tape what we saw on tape and go, okay, we got some stuff we got to take advantage of. And that's naturally going to lead to more big plays. Yeah, give Dak some credit because I know on my show on 105.3, the fan, the G-Bag Nation, Gavin Dawson and I have this discussion all the time about it, one of his big things is Dak has to have the offensive line and the running game to have success. This was a game where they didn't have running game success and the offensive line was not great. Dak Prescott did a really nice job in this past week or this before the uh, the game before the bye where he was able to move in the pocket, throw the football, uh, you know, generate some offense that way. So if you always think that Dak has to have the line and the running game to be successful, that game last week was one of the reasons why you would say, well, that's not always the case. Yeah, and, and I, I think that, like I said, they – they're going to self-scout. They're going to take some time away. And I think that what they'll see on tape that they were able to do against the Chargers. And look, the Chargers have their own problems that you were able to take advantage of. But I do think it's going to show up on tape to them of, okay, he looks more comfortable here. This looks more like the quarterback that we've known. And Dak didn't play the greatest game of all time, but he was really good. And, and it was something he, yeah. where he looked more like himself. He was better than his line in his running game. And that's where a lot of people, a lot of criticism has been about – Dak Prescott, if you talk about the interceptions, though, the 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 games, you know, that he, was he good enough to carry the team? Well, he was good enough to carry the team the other day, you know? Yeah. He had a receiver that was probably having one of his worst games of his career, and that, you know, that was Michael Gallup. Boy, that's you know, another he, discussion for he, us to get into this week I know, is Michael he, Gallup. He just, he just kept feeding him the ball, and, yeah. you know, Gallup kind of let him down. And, yep. you know, so we'll see. Uh, and then the last one here, Brian, and you kind of touched on a little bit already – but it's the offensive line. I think that there, there's no position group in you know the NFL in the game of football that's more reliant on the continuity and the consistency and just those sort of things to be able to get your cohesion together than the offensive line. And so just by the very fact that what we're probably talking about, I haven't even looked at it yet, but 120 snaps this group has played together now yeah. of Tyron, Tyler, Tyler, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele. 
It's 120 steps. They're not going to be perfect. They're not going to know. It's not the Terrence Steele, Zach Martin, like, oh, they just know exactly how to work on those combo blocks together and do different things. That's going to take time for everybody to come together. Um, and so while – Boy, I worried you know, about that too. My yeah. biggest so – you know, Bobby, when we do these shows, my biggest concern, offensive coaching staff turnover – and then this offensive line, you know, you're yep. going to get the five guys. Are you going to get the right five guys? You yep. know, that that's you're absolutely right. That's you know, you, you you haven't played a whole hell of a lot of snaps together, but man, they've they have got to figure this thing out before we get to before we get to Thanksgiving. They've got yep. and and maybe you know it's they're going to be challenged at Philadelphia here. They're going to be. I mean, I haven't looked at the Rams. I'm going to look at the Rams tonight and you know and see where they're at. Some Puka but, Nakua. <laughs> yeah, I know it damn good and well. They're going to be challenged against Philadelphia's front. You know, they've yeah. got to find a way to have a really good game against the Rams and get some that continuity you're talking about, but get some confidence. Get some confidence that, you know, when they make a call and they combo block and they work to the second level and guys are blocked. Hell, some of the best blocks they made the other day in that game were the, the, a block from – uh, from Turpin getting inside on a, on a running play, him getting up on a linebacker and getting a block, you know I mean? Yeah. They just have not been as consistent as we'd like to believe. And maybe it's time on task is what needs to be taken care of. Yeah, and like I said, like, are they going to be perfect? No, not without work. Like, it's not going to just be, oh, they're going to get to perfection just by working together. We, but we all, we all acted like wave a wand. We acted like, oh, just throw the magic fairy dust out there and everything's going to be okay. It's... It's really not. Here, here's what I'll, I will say, though. If they play the next four games together without injury, they're, they're able to keep this unit together for six weeks. Here's what I'll guarantee. Just them playing together for six weeks, they yeah. will be better than they are right now. Just that's oh, natural. Yeah. You're, and and yeah. so that's why you that's hope. something that it, – it, I, see, I don't even, I don't even know that it's – are they going to be – I don't know that we can assume they're good. I think you can definitely say they will be better just by playing together for an extended period of time because the communication is going to get better, and that's going to clean up some issues right there. I, you know, the thing I worry about a little bit is Tyler Smith playing guard because he looked far better as a tackle. I know the last couple of weeks, I think the New England game, he played really well, but the last, the San Francisco game in last week, he wasn't great. New England Biotish, and Arizona, he was really great. Other than that, he's he's had B- some struggles. I thought Biotish was kind of nicked up. He's not. You know, he's just there's some guys that have had some regression. I think that I think that maybe Terrence Steele has had a little regression. And I don't yeah, know. Steel, if it, Steel, I, don't, I don't know. No, if it's I, the I think Steele. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's I, the line coach. I'm just saying the, the guys that they thought were going to be next level players, Tyler Smith, Biotish, Steele, have all taken just a little bit of a half step to a step back something to monitor but i do think that them playing together alone brian i do think that'll that will naturally make things better will it make it good necessarily not necessarily but it will improve it It uh you are listening to the love the star podcast the love the stars and odyssey podcast (laughs) you can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts